WCHD3 Detroit, KMPS HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston, and on AOL Radio and Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. Do memories of past lives really come from past lives? How reliable is regression therapy? If reincarnation is true, what happened to heaven or hell? Hello there, and welcome to the 290th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. And those questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. Our subject this evening is reincarnation, and we have a very interesting guest. We've covered the subject before from various points of view, but... But not recently. Anyway, a native of Port Huron, Michigan, Marie, for you Detroit folks, she's a neighbor of yours, uh, Marie Gates holds an MA in psychology from Wayne State University. For several years, she taught in colleges and universities, universities, but has spent the past 30 years exploring reincarnation. She believes that hypnotic regressions and spiritual healing sessions reveal the number of her own past lives. Research confirmed the existence of Reverend Jacob Gruber, for example, the 19th century circuit-writing minister, described in her most recent book, Are We Our Past Lives? By sharing her experiences, Ms. Gates hopes to enlighten her readers I should say, about reincarnation and how it affects their lives. Her previous book, Shadows on My Mind, A Psychologist Explores Reincarnation and Psy, PSI, describes how she first became interested in past lives, and we'll hear about some of those lives tonight. Ms. Gates lives with her husband in southern Michigan, and her website is areweourpastlives.com, all one word. Mary Gates, uh, welcome to Behind the Paranormal. Well, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just happy when we make all the link-ups properly, <laughs> and uh, very happy to have you with us this evening. Um, okay, well, Ben is going to start us off. All right, so in the beginning of your book, you talk about being an agnostic, uh, somebody who isn't sure whether there's a god or not, um, but... You became convinced that reincarnation was true, uh, or when you became convinced that it was true, you discovered God. Uh, I don't get the connection to that. Could you explain? Okay, when I uh, was uh, young and I was a college instructor, I really didn't believe in God. I didn't know what to believe. And so I was able to explore reincarnation because a student of mine knew a hypnotist who did past life regressions. And at first, I wasn't sure if I even wanted to go because, of course, I didn't believe in reincarnation. But I had a very strange dream in which I was in a beautiful world. It was peaceful and it was perfect. And it was a very, very vivid dream. It was like I was really there. When my husband awakened me, I got angry. (laughs) I wanted to be in that world. It was so nice. And so I thought, well, maybe if I go for hypnotic regression, I can find out, actually, what this world was all about. So that's why I went. When I went, I uncovered five past lives. One was of Amanda Randall. Now, this is a pseudonym. I give the family protection uh, because um, I wouldn't want anybody to harass them or anything. So, so I, I used the Randall name, but it really isn't the name that, that they had. But anyway, I gave uh, Amanda Randall's name. That was 
who I was in the past life, plus my husband, who I give the name Jacob Randall, and we were in New Haven, Connecticut. That's where we lived. This was in the 1940s, but later on uh, I learned that they had lived there all their lives. So um, when my husband and I moved back to Michigan, he said, why don't you go investigate this life? So I said, fine. <laughs> Got on a plane, <laughs> went to New Haven, uh, checked into my hotel. One of the first things I did after that was go to the city library where I looked in the city directories. I understand that's where you find people from the past or even from the present in the current city directory. It, yeah, it's it was one of, one of the uh, ways genealogists use, yeah. So anyway, um, uh, as I said, I didn't believe in God, but I hoped there was a God. I really hoped. So I took the book off the shelf, sat on the, at the table, and prayed that I would find my past life connection. So I opened the book, and sure enough, there he was, my past life husband, Jacob Randall, and his wife, and the address where they had lived. So the next day I went out to, to the place where they had lived, which was in an old part of New Haven, buildings close together, and the building that was listed was actually a liquor store. And I was disappointed. I thought, well, maybe I have the wrong building. But I decided to go in anyway, and uh, the proprietor was very friendly. He said there were apartments above and behind the liquor store. And I asked him if he knew the landlord from the 1940s, and he said yes. Gave me his name and phone number. I went back to my hotel, and I called him. And the old landlord gave me the name, uh, the married name, of, of the woman who had grown up in the building. So then I had another lead, and I looked through the phone book, made a few false calls, didn't get her right away, but I got a hold of Amanda Randall. She had the same first name as her mother. And so I started talking to her about her mother's life. Her mother had had a very hard life. During the Depression, she had lived, she had worked as a stenographer for the A&P grocery store chain, and then, of course, her husband was unemployed for a while and then was with the DPW. She had to come home and do the housework, and then on Saturday, it was especially rough because they had to send their clothing to what they called a wet wash. They didn't have the clotheslines that they would have in the small towns in the country, uh, and so they would bring the, the wet clothes, and uh, Amanda would have to iron everything, even the linens, to get them dry. That must have been really exhausting. Well, what happened was she actually worked herself to death. This what, my, what, my when, did, when did she die? What year? She died in 1946. And, and, you were... and what happened was she was working really hard, getting her apartment in perfect order for the son to come back from World War II. And she just um, had a, an ulcer. It ruptured. She was bleeding, had to go to the hospital. The husband had been raised Catholic, so he insisted that she go to St. Raphael's. And uh, when, when my past life daughter, Amanda, said St. Raphael's, it rang a bell. Yeah. I had had a memory from childhood before I could even talk that I had been an old lady 
died in a hospital bed, and it was a Catholic hospital because the nuns were there in their habits, and my daughter was with me. So I asked Amanda, were you with your mother when she died? And she says, yes, I held her hand. And so that was my memory. And I still recall her in her long wool coat and her scarf. That's what they wore in the 40s. And she had been on her way to work when she stopped by to visit her mother, and her mother died when she was there. And I was born three months later. Okay. That's what I was going to ask. Okay, we're going to get back to that. But um, I, I still don't. So, so in other words, you became convinced that you had lived before and that, that, that connected with God for you. Yes, it did because... Because we don't just go poof at the end. I believe in reincarnation. Uh, there has to be something beyond if, if we're going to go somewhere well, there's lots and then beyond. come back again. I mean, there's some kind of afterlife. And so I would think God would be responsible for it. Oh, I understand what you mean. Yeah. Of course, I was kind of teetering on the edge of, of being an agnostic. I, I really uh, wasn't as skeptical as some people might have been because I was raised Catholic. I had a, a, a background like that, but um, I just wasn't sure. Maybe it was because my mind or my uh, intellect was overruling my feelings and my spirituality at that point. Yeah. But then I started believing it in reincarnation, started studying it. Okay, so Ben's going to continue here. So, there, there's another thing that I don't get. Assuming that the old ideas about ghosts and reincarnation are true, why do there seem to be so many quote-unquote old ghosts? Uh, why haven't they reincarnated? They might feel very insecure about going to the other side. For one reason, it might be their religious training used to teach uh, people that if they committed suicide, they would go to hell. Yeah, or they might, they might have led a life that was so negative. Maybe they were gamblers, they were alcoholics, or they uh, mistreated their family. There were but some then, reason. Wouldn't they come back as like something like an ant or something? I mean, isn't that what reincarnation says? Well, that's transmigration. That, that's more like the Hindu belief. Uh, we're probably aware that in uh, India they uh, consider cows sacred. And that's because perhaps their ancestors could come back as cows. So they do believe that souls can so what's incarnate the in, in animals. But most of us in the Western world don't believe that. I personally do not believe that. But getting back to ghosts, well, these are spirits. These are usually restless spirits that, uh, that uh, for one reason or, or another, don't go on. It might be that they're so attached to earth, especially to maybe what we call vice, like uh, alcohol and gambling and that sort of thing, that they want to hang around bars and gambling casinos, that sort of thing. Those are supposed to be uh, spots where, where ghosts are often found. They're often found also in graveyards, uh, hospitals where they have passed on, and, uh, but they don't want to go to the beyond or uh, other places. Okay, well, uh, before we get back to that, Ben's got a third question here, I guess. Okay, um, one one last thing that I, I don't get is, if reincarnation is true, and this is some kind of gift from God, what happened to the two other classical ideas, heaven and hell? Well, most of us in, in the tradition of uh, 
you know, spirituality, don't really believe in hell as a permanent place. We believe in something like purgatory where souls can recover from what has happened to them in, in their lives. They might be traumatized or they might need some education uh, in order to um, become maybe more spiritual, but they're, they're not consigned to hell forever. So there's really no hell. As far as heaven goes, I would say that when a, a spirit passes on to the other side, that's the sort of heaven. Uh, from what I've read, it's a very peaceful place. It's a place where people can learn. They learn about their past lives. One of the first things that happens is they will come uh, onto the other side and they will have to evaluate their lives. We wouldn't really say judgment. We would say evaluation. They really do it themselves. They see where they have have done uh, things that were considered right and the things that were considered wrong and how they might improve in the next life. And that they might also go on to a place where they can find out about their past lives, what they've done in these lives, and maybe what they could have done better. And then um, higher order spirits will help them plan another life. And we choose oh, okay. everything. I'm going to have to stop you there, uh, Marie, because we have a break coming up. And uh, we, we, we'll be right back with Marie Gates on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com. Stay with us. Join Mystic Radio with Rob and Alexis Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern and 12 noon Pacific as metaphysical mother and TV personality Robin Alexis helps countless people around the globe live fuller and more conscious lives. Robin serves you using her gifts as a medium, medical intuitive, past life reader, and more. Get your free on-air readings Wednesday at 3 Eastern and 12 noon Pacific right here on the sky. And check out Robin's Soul Spa at RobinAlexis.com. Without a road 
And if any man's hand ever made that land, then I think it would have sold. That's why it seems like crazy. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Okay, and we're back behind the paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno and our, our very interesting guest today, Marie Gates, uh, author of the new book. Are we our past lives? She is, of course, a reincarnation expert and has spent 30 years researching that subject. However, I have spent 41 years researching the paranormal, and the trouble with me is that I often have very different ideas from some of our guests. Now, Marie, you know we love you dearly, kid. You know that, right? However, uh, I must and let, let me let me preface this by saying you are a very good writer, and I'm a professional editor. Uh, and journalist uh, professionally, of course, and you uh, are a good writer. The stories of your, your past lives in this book are, are written with great feeling and with, with great authority, and I really enjoy it. I, have, I must say I haven't finished it yet because we, we only got it last week, but I am enjoying it very much. Well, that's good. I appreciate that. Certainly. Uh, no, and I mean it, too. Um, your point of view, we, we believe, I have no reason to disbelieve any word you say either on this show or in that book. So don't think I'm questioning that. Uh, but what we do question, and this is true, it's not just you, all our guests just about who have the classic interpretation of what these things are, is your interpretation of what these things are. We, um, well, suffice it to say that we think there are other, uh, perhaps even more bizarre and beautiful explanations for these things than the classic spiritualist slash reincarnation interpretation of this would would have. We assume many things in our Western minds, for example, that ghosts are spirits of the dead. Okay, we assume, what else could they be? We assume that memories of past lives are memories of past lives rather than something even more interesting. But what we're trying to get at here is that Maybe there's a great deal more to this than the classic interpretation allows for. For example, Einstein's theories of relativity and subsequent discoveries in quantum mechanics pretty much show that time as we experience it, past to future, is an illusion. So objectively speaking, I might even say scientifically speaking, there is no past. So the question arises, uh, how can there be past lives? Have you considered other possibilities for these memories and experiences? And they are very dramatic. I mean, looking in... Uh, in, in city directors and finding people you you know 
about in the past is, is really uh, a very interesting and very important piece of evidence. But have you considered the idea that, that parallel lives uh, in what to us would be past or future but still coexisting times might be a possible explanation for these things? And I'll tell you why I asked that in a minute. Has that, has that possibility arisen in your work? Oh, sure it has. In my study of the um, paranormal and, uh, and spirituality, certainly I, I tend to agree with that, that everything is happening at the same time. Okay, now and we're getting there somewhere. There could be some, some interference between one life and another, and I think this happened when I was under hypnosis. And I was talking about uh, Amanda Randall. I said that she had uh, been abused by her husband and she ran away with another man. But when I talked to her daughter, that was not the case as far as she knew anyway. And I thought maybe I got two lives confused. I think that's very possible. Oh, okay. So, well, the reason I ask that, too, is because uh, I've done some research on this, uh, naturally, in all those years, and uh, researching paranormal cases where people have literally um, become other people and this sort of thing in, in a way that might be interpreted as reincarnation. But in the context in which I was experiencing the communication with these people, there was, uh, there was one case, I, I kind of dug it out the other night, and it was very interesting because I had never really paid much attention to it before it happened in 1978, 76, when I was a student for the priesthood and was uh, getting increasingly in trouble with my seminary superiors for researching the paranormal. And uh, I, I ran into a, a, a guy who was in an attic. People thought he was a ghost. See, I don't really believe in spirits in, in, in the classical sense. I think they're, they're actual people, bodies and all. I've had physical contact. Um, even with poltergeists, and I think they're living in simply parallel worlds of which there seem to be families. And so naturally, uh, and, and Ben, when he was born, uh, if you don't mind me saying this, Ben, you from the day you could talk, we're talking about how you were a soldier here, and this happened, and that happened, and other other what you what you would call other lives. And uh, the uh, but again, I think that that the the the, the multiversal approach that we're always pushing on the show seems to explain it much more fully. But again, you know, we we believe everything you say, but I think it can be interpreted other than in a, um, a spiritualist sense, and therefore. Uh, it opens up a lot of other possibilities for even for the physical world. So I so, so that's that's my two cents. Um, and you seem to to see to, to kind of agree with that. Well, yes, I I think that uh, it is true that there are different things going on at the same time. I well, you Edgar know, Casey believed in that as well. I'm a member of the Edgar Casey Society, the ARE. Oh, okay, all right. And, uh, yeah, uh, I think relatively. he he believed in that too. That there were different realities do you do regression therapy as well for others no i do not do it myself okay it's fine and i must say it's never been done to me i, I nobody's ever been able to hypnotize me i'm almost sorry to say it um because in the in the 70s there was some controversy about the legitimacy of hypnosis and whether it was and now now it's kind of been rehabilitated so uh, we do kind of rely on it of course in the cases of alien abductions and all this business hypnotism figures prominently but i do have and have asked over the years many regression therapists about just the things we're discussing tonight and one and several have said maybe most have said um yes to the question of have you ever encountered subjects who describe worlds you don't recognize and that gets into the possibility of future lives, which a number of regression therapists have said they 
uh, have no alternative but to recognize in some of their subjects. Uh, so my question uh, to you is, do you have any memories of what might be called future lives or perhaps alien lives? Yes, yes. Okay, could you I tell us about the, those? Well, the, actually, the, the um, dream that got me involved with uh, past life regression uh, was of an alien. I don't tell everybody on every show that because I don't want to appear even stranger than a person who believes Tell me about in reincarnation yeah, we, alone. We got the feeling every time actually, here. actually, what happened was, in that world, I was with a man. He looked the same as anybody else would in this life. I was an earth woman. He was an extraterrestrial. We had a relationship in, in that um, dream. Well, I can uh, attest to the fact that when my spiritual therapist was working with me she said i had lived in a different world she said it was a physical world as opposed to an ethereal type world which i understand those exist as well oh, awesome. and uh, and that, that i had been with uh the um entity or, or with a man called mohari that that was the name i got from the dream and um, she didn't give me any details about it but when I was under hypnosis, I said that uh, the woman had run away. I had said Amanda Randall had run away with another man. But he wasn't just an ordinary other man. He was an E.T. And uh, they, they went on a ship. They were headed toward the mothership. And there was a malfunction, and it crashed into the mothership, and they died. Well, I have always been afraid uh, to drive. I am very, very cautious as a driver. I didn't get my driver's license until I was 26, even though I had gone to driver's education at the usual age 15. This was in Michigan, of course. What I hear and, about Michigan uh, drivers, you're probably wise. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I was afraid to drive it no offense, a long time because <laughs> yeah. I thought I would crash into something. That was was, was uh, what came to me. Well, I crashed into something in, in that ship, and I wonder if I wasn't the alien. I think I might have been Mohari. I, usually, I used to think I, I was the woman involved with him, but now I'm beginning to think I'm him. And my next book is called Journey into Azure Night, and that's going to be fiction because I don't have any evidence to prove that any of this happened i'm going to make it a story and uh it's going to be about mohari and um and an earth woman and oh, a romance but also it's it's going to be set in world war ii where they go um the et's are very concerned about the wars we have and especially um with uh, atomic weapons they're going to be uh going to germany and and exploring the the uh, nuclear bomb project in in uh, in this country in Chicago and out, out in Los Alamos and I actually did go to Los Alamos to get some background for this hmm. so that's my next book so Sounds I do believe in that I do believe that uh, some of us have led lives in other worlds well, yeah, well, that, well that, that's no. I mean, I really respect that. I mean, our whole approach is is that that you have to respond to what we find in the paranormal, and you do so in a spiritual way. You know, as you discovered God through reincarnation, we we believe that we ultimately, the ultimate message of it all is that we are 
each other as you know if you tra- and, and I'm always saying this on the show uh, I know people have heard it a hundred times but if you look at Matthew um, love your neighbor as yourself if you translate it properly from the original Greek which almost nobody does it means it's love your neighbor because he is yourself and so you probably are Mahari it, it, we right? all are one that's right. well, what the spiritualists teach everybody is connected we're all one yeah, and it's and we're all responsible for everybody. That's it, and I I, I don't know if uh, if the Western mind can grasp the the concrete intimacy of all that, um, but you know, at least, but at least people are trying. So so that that's that's a great thing. Okay, I, I don't want to. Uh, we haven't got too much time left here, but I want to uh, uh, look at you, some of your conclusions about the psychological impact of these other lives or parallel lives or whatever you want to call them on people's conscious, uh, you know, current consciousness. Because uh, in the book you, you, you point out they're very far-reaching. Uh, can you tell us about some of that? You know, there's things happening in other, other lives that affect you here. Well, I have to say the first thing that when I looked at the photograph, it's not a photograph, I'm sorry, it's a, it's a lithograph or something like that because uh, Reverend Jacob Gruber lived in the early part of of the 19th century where they didn't have photography or they just were developing it. I looked at his likeness and I said, oh, my God, that's me. I felt it right in the pit of my stomach where a lot of people think the soul is located. And I could never deny reincarnation after that because I thought, I am him. I went out to the church where he had preached in Baltimore, and he had also been a writer. We had similar characteristics, like we're both very frugal. He wouldn't even stop at a tavern for a meal. He gave his money to the church. He was also a very arrogant man. He pulled cigars from men's mouths. I brought in that (laughs) characteristic for resolution, and I had to learn not to be arrogant, not to think I was superior to other people. So I brought that in, but I also brought in the talent, I think, for writing. And when I read some of his writings in this Baltimore church, I could see that this was for a Christian uh, newspaper that he had written, that our style was similar. Well, anyway, I was in that, uh, it was a church, but also a museum with with, uh, all the books about the Methodist church and its history. And as I read uh, the writings of Jacob Gruber, who I was in the past life, I got very sick. I got nauseous. My head was spinning. I went into a vertigo attack. I went outside. I caught, tried to catch some air and go back in, but I, I just had to leave. And I really think it was because of the residual negative energy in that church that I got sick. For one thing, Jacob Gruber did not like working there, he would have rather been out on his circus. That first, when he was young, he was a circuit rider. Mm. Uh, he would have been happier out on his horse, going from one circuit or one uh, place to another on a circuit. And he asked for a transfer from that church, and he was given it. So he was unhappy there. Also, maybe some other people were unhappy with him because, as I said, he was arrogant, and he would do things like severely criticize other people, and especially other ministers or priests. And so that, that's what I think I picked up on that, and that's why I got sick in that church. Yeah, could be. So I have to tell you, that's how it relates to my life. Now, in other respects, some of these other lives relate to mine. Uh, and my husband and I and my son were uh, small 
family again. We only have the one child in this life. Uh, we were in the Crimean War in Russia, and uh, we were all killed. We died young. Well, I died of dysentery. I was like a Florence Nightingale on the Russian side, uh, a nurse. And I was following my husband, trying to find my husband and son. And uh, they were killed in the war, and I died of dysentery. So we needed to come back into this life to work things out. Well, my husband is a very meticulous man. Everything has to run on time, in, that, in time. That uh, um, the man he was in the past life was an Army officer. That would fit in with that. My husband likes... Um, ballet which is unusual for a man he likes classical music he enjoys no, so winter <laughs> he likes fur he is um he wrote a, a paper on the crimean war when he was a teenager all these things fit in with a life in russia mm-hmm. so i have to say that as far as i am concerned i wrote my paper and i spoke before two classes in ninth grade on uh, Marie Antoinette in the French Revolution. And I uh, made a passionate appeal to the audience that these royals shouldn't have been executed. These nobles should have, should have been saved. Well, I didn't know I was one of them at that time, but I found out from the spiritual healers I had been a young girl of 12 when my family and, and I were, were killed in, in this uh, uh, French Revolution. My son was my um, stepfather. He was resentful toward me because he would have to pay a lot of money for a dowry so I could get married. Well, he comes into this life as a very angry person from the point of birth. He was angry. He was called the screamer by the nurses in the hospital. Hmm. He has attention deficit disorder. Anger can be a, a big concern with them. We've gone to a lot of therapist and he's been on medication. This anger, I think, arises from not only the life in uh, the French Revolution, but also he led a life in uh, the United States as a farmer where a horse kicked him in the head and he died as a result of it. Well, he doesn't like horses. Mm-hmm. And, and that made him angry, too. So he's built up anger, and I think from the Crimean War, he was only 16 when he was drafted into that. That must have led to anger. He got all this anger from the past lives. He brings it into this one, and we have a lot to handle. You might call it karma, I suppose. Yeah, it's karma. Well, speaking of karma, because that's an Eastern term, and how do you respond to this? The Well, the people of the, the Hindu religions in particularly, and really the people of the East in general, who uh, almost all of whose religions believe in reincarnation, consider reincarnation a curse. And the whole point of, of spirituality is to overcome the passions and get out of the cycle and become enlightened. Um, you sound as though you're enjoying reincarnation immensely. I mean, what, what's your reaction to the Eastern reaction to it? Well, I would like to get out of the Oh, oh I'm sorry, we have cycle to wrap up. Of, uh... I didn't. We have another break. I'm sorry. Oh, we, okay. uh, yeah, they're trying to get my attention here. We'll be right back to deal with that question okay. behind the paranormal on CBS News Sky Radio. Be right back. Enlighten, empower, enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New Horizons, no boundaries. Hi, I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, astrophysicist and host of Star Talk Radio. 
Join me every week where I have celebrity guests, experts, and comedic co-hosts, where our task is to bring the universe down to earth. Discover your spirit. Listen to Spirit Guide Radio, where spiritual guides nourish your soul every weekday. Heidi Hollis, The Outlander, The Zodiac Girls with Solaris, Laura, and Kira. Laura Lee's Spirit Salon. Ask Dr. Doug with Dr. Doug Lira. Life by Number with Celeste and Keeping Life Real with Dr. Susan J. Stone. It's Spiritually Speaking Radio, Spirit Guide Radio, at 11 p.m. Eastern on New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com. New Horizons, No Boundaries. New Sky Radio, powered by CBS. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now, 248-545-SOUL. NewSkyRadio.com. Believe. Okay, and we're back. And before I blundered right into the break, there I was uh, asking uh, what I think is a very important question to our guest, Marie Gates, reincarnation expert, author, and psychologist, uh, about what exactly is the uh, her interpretation of the Eastern uh, consideration that uh, reincarnation is a curse to be escaped from. And you were about to answer that when we had to take the break. So uh, please, can please, if you could give us your thought again, Marie. Well, I think it's true that life is difficult. And uh, most of us would rather get out of the reincarnation cycle. Most of us spiritualists, at least those that I've talked to, would would hope that this is their last life <laughs> on Earth anyway. Um, yeah, I wouldn't consider it a curse, though. I would consider it as an opportunity for learning, an opportunity for spiritual advancement. And okay. uh, that if we were to consider it a curse and, and just leave it at that, it, it's an awfully uh, negative thing, you know. It's like, oh, here we're hopeless. We're trapped in this life, and and what a curse we have on us. I don't think of it that way. Mm. Okay. Now, Ben, jump in here if you have a question. I know I'm just sort of uh, rolling well, along you, here. So you go. Okay. Uh, we, and this is another rough thing for some people of the Western mind to understand, but we are very big on the body, okay? The, the spiritualist approach seems to be that the body ultimately really doesn't mean anything and that it falls off and, you know, you're, you're, you move on, maybe in reincarnation, of course, to another body and all this business. But I don't believe, I have never found in my paranormal work that a, that, that, that you can be you without your body. I have never encountered a ghost or a spirit, a human anyway, whom I have considered to be without a body. Now, now there is, of course, the whole theory about the astral body thing and all this business. But, you know, to me, that's a, you know, I have no better answer, so we stick with that. But I think that all this is very physical. Uh, many of the paranormal research, much of the paranormal research and paranormal experiences I have had, and, and even if I may speak for Ben, he has had, have to do with very physical beings, okay, in parallel worlds that are most of which seem to be just as physical as ours. Some of which you know would equate with what we would consider spirit or light matter or whatever you want to call it. So, well, I, what is your reaction to that? I, mean, I know maybe you agree with this, maybe you disagree with this. Is the body just an um, incidental to our existence, or is it important? It is important because we need to be in the physical world. 
to be able to work out our karma. We cannot work it out on the other side. So we need our bodies, and we should respect our bodies. And what I would have to say about uh, your experiences with uh, the paranormal where you think um, there is a physical component to it, what it might be that you're um, encountering might be what we call the ethereal body, which is like a template for the physical body. And, of course, we all have several bodies uh, surrounding us in this world. We have, like, the ethereal body, and we have um, more subtle bodies, like the emotional body and and the mental body. And and then we have uh, a body that almost connects with the divine at the very highest level. So if you look at an aura picture, you can begin to see uh, these bodies around uh, the person because there will, there will be a very colorful uh, imprint on, on this Karelian photography uh, camera. And I've had several of them done uh, with me, and uh, I can see that it's just amazing <laughs> that, that these auras. So yeah, those yeah, no, are the, the bodies that, yeah. that, go, um, that are with us at all times. And I think um, when we die, of course, the physical body uh, disintegrates eventually, it will, will rot away, but we will have this um, other body, this ethereal body, and that's why you can hear maybe ghost footsteps on the stairs, because that ethereal body is rather heavy. And I have a, a friend, uh, Linda Alice Dewey is her name, who's helped spirits cross from uh, this world that's like between worlds where we die and and then we're still in our ethereal bodies wandering the earth in some cases and these spirits are all very unhappy so she did help a couple of them go to the other side but but they are they're they are physical in a sense and i mean at our house where i grew up my mother would hear footsteps going up the stairs i'm convinced that they are from a young man who committed suicide, and he uh, maybe was afraid to go on. We were all Catholics, and we were taught it was a mortal sin to commit suicide, and you were going to hell. And so I think he he was still in that house where he had killed himself. And my mother would hear the footsteps on on the stairway, and then when we sold the house, the woman who bought it would hear the, the footsteps on the stairway. Well, she tore it down. I don't know if that was the reason to build another house. So yeah. I don't know what happened to that that spirit, but I think it was my uh, father's cousin that killed himself. Okay, well that that all could be, and everything you say could be true. But I've I've, I've not I've never I'm familiar with the theories and 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 the the other bodies and all this business. But uh, a lot of that comes out of theosophy, which I have a few problems with. It and I you know I, I it could be right, but we we I don't really I I haven't found it to to really be. Let me give you an example of how nervous I am about. The other side, okay. Uh, what this case that we're talking about, I believe it was a week ago tonight, as a matter of fact, and I kind of dug it out of my files from 1976, and I went and spent five evenings in this really dark attic. These people said they had a moaning ghost who would, they would hear footsteps in the attic, okay. Matter of fact, that, that stuck in my mind when I named my 2002 book. And I, it took me two days, and I never try to get in contact. I think it's a very reckless and dangerous thing to do. However, if you sit there and you meet, so to speak, 
I think that's different. I've never had any problem come from that. And if what I was hearing was accurate, I didn't understand any of it. But this particular fellow was um, remembered being in a plane crash, but he was now in a stone church and he couldn't get out. And all this was happening to him, and he said that his memory was changing as he spoke to me. Now, I'll, I'll let people go back and listen to the podcast of last week's show rather than repeat the whole thing. But the point was that had I been a garden variety psychic or feral ghost hunter as they, and had tried to help him get to the other side, the question is the other side of what? If he saw the light, which we have in photographs, a number of them, which we believe are world boundaries, not necessarily between one world is better than the one you're in, we might have guided him across the world into a hell. So I, and he said, because they didn't hear from him again, they'd say, aha, he's gone into heaven or, or, or you know, he's, he's uh, crossed over properly and all this stuff. We don't know that at all. I mean, I think it's a very dangerous thing that, that the spiritualists do to encourage that. So that's my two cents anyway. But so what say you? Well, I'm saying that it's, uh, it is a thing that you would uh, be careful about when you're, when you're dealing with these entities. You don't know. They might, may not have your best interest in mind. Well, they may not be what they, what they say they are either. That's, that's the problem we run into all the time with, with parasitical entities, what people usually call demons. Uh-huh. And, and we're very careful with that. Yeah, I guess so. And, and we, we always, we're always uh, horrified that we talk with people who've been in this field for 20 years, 30 years. They said, oh, I've only occasionally, or, or some of it, one, one even said, never run into a, a negative entity. And I find that absolutely unbelievable. We <laughs> run into them all the time. I don't think it's us. I think it's just that they're very good at, at, at uh, was what are they? They're just like nature, you have insects that, that mimic other insects or, or, or things that, that mimic each other. And they, this is all part of nature, so they're mimicking things and people fall for it. Why? Because they feed on people's negative energy. They don't want to push buttons. And that's what we find anyway. So, oh, it could be very manipulative. Oh, I, very had, so. I had an entity attachment for 19 years. There you go. My spiritual therapist removed. And I think it was because when I was going to the hypnotist in Alabama, he would conduct seances. Oh, good And Lord. he would run into some negative spirits who wanted to take over some of the persons who were involved in the seance. Yeah, they were lining up for one, a hot lunch. Yeah, there was one case of a, of a girl who committed suicide, and she wanted to enter the body of, of uh, a couple of the participants in the seance, and it was very frightening. So he had these negative entities around his uh, house, and I would go there and uh, go for hypnosis. And I think that's where I, I got the attachment because the timing was, was accurate. It was about 19 years since I had uh, been in hypnosis with, with the, uh, the man there. And, uh, and when I had it removed, that, that was 19 years back. Yeah. I, I could uh, calculate that. And uh, he had been a, a prisoner. He had died in a prison uprising. He had wanted to make conditions in the prison better for people. So he was sort of like me. I've always been crusading to try to help the less fortunate. And so that's why he was attracted to me. And he was attracted to a woman, I understand, because he could manipulate her better. Mm -hmm. So he was coming into my mind uh, and trying to get me uh, 
to do things, well, I would not do it. I, yeah. I'm a very strong person. I would not do anything oh, we are against almost... my conscience. We're just about out of time here, Marie. I, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not looking at the board here, but I wanted to thank you again. The book is Are We Our Past Lives? And areweourpastlives.com. People can get the book on that site? Or mariegates.com. They Marie can go Gates. directly. Oh, under, like, that's easier. <laughs> they can go second. directly to uh, Kindle or Amazon. Uh, it's right on the homepage of my website. They can uh, just click it on and get to uh, my book. Very and good. I wanted to say to everybody, uh, really, the most important thing about these explorations to me is that I know now there's something on the other side that when you die, you don't just cease to exist like what I thought when I was an agnostic. I was really worried about that. And the book will give people hope when, when they read it. Very good. Okay, that's it. And we will be back. And with, But thank you very much, Marie. And we'll, well be back thank you. shortly. Thank you very I much. I really enjoyed it. Excellent, so did we. Enlighten. Empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons. No boundaries. All day long, we're devoted to your emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being. With your direct connect to the stars, Lisa J. Smith, The Dr. Pat Show, Liz Souza, Barbara Mackey, Glynis McCants, The Wake Up Call, with L. Newman and Tom Force. Let us know how we're doing. 248-545-7685. Log on. NewSkyRadio.com. 24 hours a day. Your spiritual well-being is our concern. Awaken the extraordinary. Live the life you've imagined. Look up to the sky. CBS Radio's The New Sky. NewSkyRadio.com. New horizons, no boundaries. Join Mystic Radio with Rob and Alexis Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern and 12 noon Pacific as metaphysical mother and TV personality Robin Alexis helps countless people around the globe live fuller and more conscious lives. Robin serves you using her gifts as a medium, medical intuitive, past life reader, and more. Get your free on-air readings Wednesday at 3 Eastern and 12 noon Pacific right here on the sky. And check out Robin's Soul Spa at RobinAlexis.com. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. And hello there. We're back for our final segment. And we have an email I wanted to get to tonight from Kathy Grigori of Vancouver, B.C. Grigori. That's such an awesome name. All right. Um... Uh. In your writings, you suggest that God, that the God who is behind many of our religions is actually one of these gray aliens. Do you think uh, there is a real God or goddess behind, beyond all that? Well, that's a very good question. Do you want to answer that? Uh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> well, you don't. All right. Now, I never said that God was a gray alien. I mean, we have talked many times about... I think, ancient- I think she's suggesting that ancient religions... Yeah, we've talked a lot about human origins yeah, and human some origins. of the, the origins of ancient religions, origins of modern religions, too. 
And I think one of the things that you may have heard me say was that uh, you may have – well, we, we were, we've compared ancient documents such as Genesis and uh, contemporary documents such as the Atrahasis of the Akkadian Empire and the Karsag epics of the Sumerians, all of which tell a very similar story. And they name the Most High different names, but in the Hebrew version it is Yahweh, and people will say, aha, are you saying that God was an alien? Well, you know – Yahweh that they knew at that time might not have been God. I mean, it might have been. Well, it sounds if you really compare the texts from the Old Testament and the New Testament, they like they sound like two very very different gods. Well, they can be. Well, it depends what language you read them in. But yeah. they, they the Most High who lived on some kind of island in the sky and all this business and some kind of uh, what 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 you have to c- conclude were. Look at awful lot like like DNA experiments. I mean, they're taking saliva and and, and manipulating the, the local creatures. I mean, gee, it's pretty weird. But I think the point is that yes, I am a uh, deep and devout believer in God that is not an alien. Okay, I uh, spent many years looking back through the history of this sort of thought. And if you look at my book, Turning Home, God, Ghosts, and Human Destiny, which you can get on Amazon or Kindle or at our website, BehindTheParanormal.com, you will see some of this history uh, as I have, have written it out. And that is that behind it all, behind the ancient beliefs of our most remote ancestors, some of whose cultures almost survived to today in the form of the Andaman and Nicobar Islanders of the Indian Ocean, the Australian Aborigines, and a number, and several other people, including the uh, the San and Khoisan Bushmen of Africa, whose traditions go back uh, altogether about 150,000 years to the last mass human extinction event, pretty much. There is a god there who is simple and powerful and wise, and is a family in the form of almost a trinity, as Christians would understand it today. There is a father, a mother. And a child who was usually us, and this—I don't believe these are aliens. Uh, there was no sign in the in the most ancient religious beliefs that th- these were any kind of people from the sky. Of course, the sky figured in this. I mean, naturally, as did the earth and, and the sea. But uh, the whole notion of the sky gods started to come in a little bit later. Notice, as uh, I say in the book, that the Sumerians had a pretty much a, a very elegant trinity. Uh, back as far as 8,000 years ago. And then all of a sudden, when they turned into this great civilization, they somehow evolved into like something like 5,000 gods and demigods. And my interpretation of that is that if you put it, all the other evidence together, what was going on at that time, somebody came on the scene and pretended that they were gods. Now, I'm not saying these were aliens. It could have been um, my interpretation that it's people very much like us because their DNA was similar, how alien could they be? Someone very much like us who perhaps came through the, the wall of space-time or from a parallel world, uh, probably by accident, as seems to happen all the time. And they imposed their technology and their will upon these people, and uh, you ended up with the ancient history that we have. It seems, if you look at it, it's, this seems to be the, the, the biggest open secret of human prehistory, was that somebody came in and messed around with everybody, genetically, socially, educationally, I mean, you had the Sumerians who suddenly had, you know, were bean farmers one week and you know, lawyers and, and teachers and administrators the next week. No, maybe not the next week, maybe the next month. It was very quick. So something weird was going on. But yes, I do believe in a real God or whichever, you know, he, she, or it, 
them, whichever you want to believe. Uh, but I think that there were many previous uh, species uh, who arrived on the scene and uh, pretended to be gods. We've seen examples of this. I always cite the Bell Witch case in Tennessee mm-hmm. in relatively modern times, 1817 to 1821. You had what appear to be four, I, I would call them parasites, uh, entities who pretended to be one and would uh, didn't pretend to be any particular ghost or person, but would came on the scene at the home of the Bell family, uh, created poltergeist activity, picked on one member of the family after another, and eventually got so much strength from its, it became known in the region, it would travel around the county, giving <laughs> people would just hear a voice, they wouldn't see anything. Architectural, architectural, agricultural advice, financial advice, matchmaking, but you could never quite trust it. It was pushing buttons in order to eat. And this, I think, is what happened many times in human history to create these totally unlikely little gods who demanded human sacrifice and who uh, sort of dominated certain tribes and created wars and all this stuff. I mean, it's textbook parasite activity, in our opinion. So, yes, I believe there's a god, but I believe there are plenty of others who pretended to be gods, and some of our institutionalized religious beliefs may have descended from them. So that essentially is what... What I have to say to that? Yeah. Now, all right. We had, that was a short one. We have. Uh, I'm just going to read very briefly. I don't think we have enough time. Okay, we probably <laughs> don't have time. All right. In that case, let's just move on. All right. I want to thank CBS for fixing our podcast situation. A lot of you were, were saying that we couldn't get those, but they're all up right now. We're all, we're up to date. We have October 23rd and last week's CBS shows are up to date on uh, the website behindtheparanormal.com and at uh, newskyradio.com and also on iTunes. I was. I'm surprised to find out. Nobody told me we were there. But the podcasts are available, also of our New England show as well. So uh, we started our, if you live in southeastern New England, this would be of interest to you. We started our exploring the paranormal course uh, at uh, the Learning Connection in Providence, Rhode Island on Saturday. Had a great time. We're going to take a few field trips. And uh, you can check out our next scheduled course. It begins February 11th, 1 to 3 p.m. for five Saturdays, southcoastlearning.org. Yeah, so. All right, since we don't have a lot of time, we're going to have to speed right through this. So many thanks to our producer, Will Kosnick, and we'll see you next Sunday, November 13th, uh, when my dad and I will welcome author Don Yun for a discussion of Can Hauntings Be Fun If We Are Being Haunted by Kindred Spirits? We'll have a few Quote, comments well. on that. Yes, so in the meantime, tune into our New England Drive Time show on WON 1240 AM and com 6 p.m. Eastern, every Monday. And you can always get free podcasts of all our shows, along with show schedules and guest information at www.behindtheparanormal.com. And we'll leave you with a 1973 quote from Eugene Cernan, commander of Apollo 17, and the first and only man to play golf on the moon. Quote, I've been asked about UFOs, and I've said publicly, I thought they were somebody else, some other civilization, unquote. Thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we will see you next time.